This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <whistles> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the six minutes of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes, Almunia saves, knock out, follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter-attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Troy has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. And joining us for the opposition view, our Boxing Day rivals, David from Forever Bristol City. How you doing, mate? All good? Evening, guys. Yeah, all good. Thank you. All good. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Well, we're looking forward to it because it's obviously it is Boxing Day. Everybody's going to all be excited about Christmas and all of that. But the most important thing about Boxing Day is having been cooped up with the family, everybody gets to escape and go to the football. Thank God for that. That's what we like to see. Sir, how have you been since we last spoke last season? Because we are, and I presume we are yours, the final team that we have not yet faced. We've waited all of this time and we finally get to face yeah. Bristol City and you you come down to uh, come down to Watford as well. How has the how has the season gone? We're playing you twice within the space of six weeks, I think, because the return fixture is in um, it's, January sometime, it's yeah? It's the 20th of January. It's literally less than 30 days after, having made us wait to see yeah. each other for so less long. 30 days between the two. It's ridiculous. It's, it's almost like a holiday romance, it'll be. Well, I don't know about that. But, no, what's happened since? Well, the big thing that's happened is we, we sold Alex Scott for yes. $25 million, yeah, and... Uh, we invested some money in the summer, but that was before we'd sold Scott because we went out and we bought McCrory from Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. He's been injured, not played a minute on the pitch. The big Ooh. positive signing was Rob Dickey, who's done really well for us, the ex-QPR player. Yep. Uh, he's done he's done exceptionally well. We had Hayden Roberts, ex-Brighton, spent last season on loan at Derby. He's out injured. And then the, the other player that we signed... Jason Knight. ...was... Uh, what a player. Two million quid, yeah. And I'm going to say player of the season, but very good acquisition. So the fans expected the club to spend more of the Scott money and add to that the injuries as well that we've had. I mean, there's probably five players out that would be first picks, yeah. We've had that continuing bad luck with injuries, but also we've had a change of manager. And you'll know all about Nigel mm. Pearson. Yeah, we will. Good oh. management 
It's about managing up sometimes, and we can talk as much or as little about that as you like. Yeah. But Nigel's gone, and the fans are supportive of the manager, but that's not so much on results, but just because they don't like how the board have drawn the uh, drawn the drawbridge up in terms of spending money. So uh-huh. that's how we're at. And we're, what, six points off the playoffs? If we beat Hull Friday night, we go four points behind them. I think there's nine, ten clubs, you're in that, that are playing for positions five and six in the table, yeah? So, you know, we've we've got to get some results. But, um, you know, the board, are, the, the fans are anti-board. Realistically, Pearson, he lost five of his last seven games. So, you know, but he had lots of injuries. So there we go. So I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling all right. I mean, the next five games, which you're one of them, will shape the rest of our season before we play the Hammers on the FA Cup uh, weekend up at uh, the London Stadium. Mm, nice, yeah. nice. Now, we are we are facing you on Boxing Day, and mm. uh, I'm one of these people that always thinks Boxing Day <laughs> matches are a bit of a curse and are always really disappointing for Watford. Um, how are your Boxing Days usually? Do you normally look forward to Boxing Day games, or do you think, well, no? Uh, yeah, I look forward to it. There have been some good games on Boxing Day over the years. I mean, you know, there's one that comes to mind going back, wait for this, 45 years ago. Oh, well done, we well had, done. <laughs> when we had, Joe, we had Joe Royal playing for us at the time, yeah. Oh, and it right, was a, okay. Yeah, yeah. He scored four on his debut, I think, in the November of 77. And he didn't score many. But then Boxing Day, I think it was Boxing Day 78, we played Coventry. We beat them 5 0. And uh, we got a, uh, yeah, he got a hat trick in that game. So that's one. We've had good Boxing Day games against Plymouth. Uh, I've been to places like West Brom on Boxing Day. I would say, on balance, 55 45 in it being usually a happy day. Uh, okay. All right. I'm that's, normally that's pissed at Boxing Day, so I, <laughs> I don't generally remember the football way to deal with Boxing Day. <laughs> yeah, I'm normally pissed off, not pissed. <laughs> yes. Okay. The, 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 the problem is, is that Justin has whatever the opposite is of rose-tinted spectacles. When it comes to Boxing Day, he always remembers the defeat. Uh, the other day we were talking, he could remember the years we went down, Carl could remember the years we went up. It's that kind of balance of labour that we yeah. that we provide here. But yeah. as as, as Justin yeah. has said, nothing good comes from positivity. That was that was only last week you said that. <laughs> that's the story of us. You know, yeah. that's the story of Forever Bristol City. We're all probably about the same age as you guys. And, you know, we want the good times, but we've seen it's the hope that kills. I think we're all at an age right. and similar. Yeah. You know, and you've been one step ahead of us all the time. If you look over the last 25 or more years, you've always, you've had what, three spells in the Prem? Certainly two. You know, we've had nothing. Closest we came was 2008. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And it yeah. and it is it is a quandary because Bristol's yeah you know, Bristol's as a city, but obviously Bristol City as I think undoubtedly the main club and the best suited club in the town. Boy, do yeah. I know! Boy, do I know the audience I'm talking to here. Um, yeah. You know, your your best. You're really quite well positioned that if you went up the catchment, the development area, the size of the stadium, I think you're you're reasonably well positioned to do something if you went up it's just well, we been elusive at, all that time at, yeah i know you're in the same division as us at the moment we look at you in years gone by we look at brighton we look at brentford mm-hmm. we look at bournemouth i mean bristol city is a feeder club for bournemouth they've got uh, they've got more oh. liam moore down there. i think it's not liam moore no sorry lloyd kelly down there antoine semenyo 
and Alex Scott, you know, all those are down there in Bournemouth. Here we are. We've got probably one of the richest UK, although he lives in Guernsey, uh, I'll say English owners. And Steve Lansdowne, I think I might have said this when we spoke last year, he spent 300 million over 25 years a combination of developing the infrastructure, and our ground is pretty damn good now, yeah, yeah. and that's evidenced by the fact that our average attendance is, say, 10 years ago, 15, 16,000. We have 22,000 against Sunderland, 14,000 season ticket holders, 2,500 2, Sunderland, 6,000 people walk up, pay on the day. That's still pretty good. Mm. But the problem is that he has wasted a lot of money with bad decisions on the managerial front. You guys know what Mark Ashton was like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You guys know what Mark Ashton was like. You know, we looked up all the crap associated his time with you. He is the Messiah in Ipswich. I know. The difference between Bristol City and Ipswich is that he's got owners at Ipswich that clamp down on him. Yeah. And Ipswich is no fluke. You know, we're halfway in the season and look where they are. Yeah. So he's done a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And he's not being given this scattergun approach to transfers that he was allowed to get away with at Ashton Gate when Lee Johnson was manager. And don't mm. start me going about going on about him. We've underachieved. If you look at the amount of money that has been spent, some people have achieved a lot more with a lot less. So mm. bad planning. Let's let's not also forget that I voted uh, and my colleagues voted that Bristol City away was our favourite away day last season. Because of, uh, uh, yeah, great day. Yeah. Loved it. And it's a lot of people's favourite away day as well, a favourite away weekend. I mean, when Wembley was being rebuilt, there was about six seasons when the car, uh, the uh, National Stadium in Wales was used for cup finals and goodness knows what else. And, you know, in Bristol on a Friday, Saturday night, whenever there was a big cup game going on, you know, it was a great place to come. And maybe it doesn't rival Newcastle or London, but it's a good place to come. And mm. dare I say it, for about the last, I mean, it is six years since we had, I'll call it our last decent run, which included beating Man United. That's almost exactly, in fact, six years ago this week. But, you know, we we sort of get, you know, we get the crowds, we get the enjoyment and everything. But for the last four or five years, it's been a happy hunting ground for away supporters because we've not I can't remember the last season when we reached double figures in home victories fair enough so Ashton Gate is no fortress wasn't it more about the facilities for you Carl you really like the idea of the outside drinking I loved it yeah very very Americanized. there I say it. that was good but I also love the fact that the Only Fools and Horses uh, flats is just behind as well which we went just and behind yeah Mandela yeah. House is uh, yeah. in fact there's a couple of flats there's, there's ones immediately behind the Dolman stand but the actual one of the other blocks of flats on the way to the ground if you're walking from the station my uh grandmother uh who died about 50, God, 50 years ago now anyway she uh used to live on the ninth floor of that flat and when i was a kid going to my first games at age of 11 which was like 1967 i used to be allowed to walk from ashton gate back up to that flat and she had this habit of feeding hales trent french sliced cakes but i used to throw <laughs> out the window of the flat and see if a seagull would catch it before it landed on the ground. On the ground. There you go. Yeah. You, you don't get this kind of information from other podcasts. That's what I'm you saying. don't. <laughs> it's fantastic. I, have a, I have a point of order here as well, which was not five minutes ago, David, you said that we were all the same age as you, but you just intimated you were born in 1956. I am. Yeah. I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm offended. I'm yeah. really offended. <laughs> we're, 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 we've had a hard life. <laughs> 
I am 67, so... Uh, right, you know, OK. Well, you're so looking... We're all, we're all phonically challenged, us here, aren't we? Yeah, you're going to tell me you're all, you're all uh, under 45, yeah? So not, I apologize. Right. You're, you're looking well on it. We're not. I've been telling I'll be telling everyone I'm 67 from now on and just saying, oh, you don't look so bad for your age. Well, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to go. Why have I, why have I been changing my, my age downwards? If I'm going to lie, yeah. go the other way, people. It's the intelligent thing yeah. to do. Well, if you remember, you know, kind of, you know, back in the uh, back in the 70s, uh, walking away from a Bristol City game and basically being hit on the head by some cake, it was probably David who was the perpetrator. This is good news. We finally we're finally here to solve these mysteries, albeit 50 yeah. years on. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Well, I think the, the you know the difference about an away game is yes, you know, the fans zones are tremendous but in fairness that goes with a cultural kind of thing from from the stewards i think that changes it completely our stewards are oh grief they're, they're, they're you know customer experience no having none of that basically they would have been I, I could be wrong but put it this way if they had outsourced the guards at Colditz, they would have gone to the place where we're getting these stewards currently it's just they're, they're just not good and it would be great to have a fan zone somewhere where it's it's good and welcoming for everybody to come in because that just makes an atmosphere and the game conducive for that. So well played, Bristol City. Well played indeed. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. not getting to uh, to you know ten wins at home that also helps. Needless to say, being hit by Over cake probably yeah. not. But other than that, it's all good. So in terms of how you are playing you've, you you know we, we talked about a little bit about Nigel Pearson and not necessarily managing upwards you've now bought in Liam Manning um who who had who was one of those managers alongside people like you know Kira McKenna at the aforementioned mm-hmm. Ipswich now doing a great job as one of those young managers you know really doing well was doing great stuff at, at Oxford I think they were fairly upset that you went and snaffled him away well done yeah. well done yeah what are the thoughts on him because he's, he's young and up and coming have you you've you seen what a couple of games? I think the Sunderland game he's, maybe. No, he's had uh, he's had seven games okay. in charge if you include QPR, which he, he then so he drew away at QPR. We beat Middlesbrough at home two 0 up, then let him back in at two all. And then he had a little bit of a bad run, and then our win on Saturday against Sunderland was our first win in five. So basically, he's a totally different kettle of fish uh-huh. to what Nigel was. Now Nigel went. Uh, as did his coaches, Jason Newell and uh, Curtis Fleming. Yep. So there's a complete clear out. Liam Manning is less experienced than Lee Johnson was when he came here to be manager. And as you rightly say, he did well with MK Dons. He was made that summer. I think they all got to the playoffs. He sold Scott Twine and another mm-hmm. of MK Dons' best players. And he got fired the following season because MK Dons bombed. Then he gets fixed up at Oxford and finished well, started this season well. So he's a young manager. He speaks, he's already been labelled as a an AI manager, that he's got very little personality. Oh, wow. It's all about the process. <laughs> it's all about, you know, he's coming up. I just listened to a couple of interviews with him this evening, you know, and he, he's obviously got his head screwed on the, the right way. And I think what he needs above him is a very experienced uh, director of football, an old head. And, oh, hang on, wait a minute. We had one of those in Nigel Pearson. Now, (laughs) if I can just backtrack a little bit on Nigel, he cleared up a lot of mess. Mm. There was a lot of mess from the Lee Johnson, Mark Ashton era, financial mess. We were in a mess with financial fair play. 
when Nigel came on board, we had Richard Gould as a chief exec who was good. He complimented Nigel. He went on to become chief exec of the English Cricket Board, so nobody's going to d- deny him that step forward in his career. We also appointed a new chief exec in spring last year who will be a name that's known to you guys in the greater, I'll call it the greater London area, Phil Alexander, who'd done a lot of work for Crystal Palace for 25 years. He was chief exec there. He got bombed out at the beginning, the middle part of September, right? Pearson was then in a situation where the board weren't communicating with him and he was starting to throw in the odd barbed comment about their previous policy under Ashton and Johnson was bonkers. And then his contract was up in the summer and clearly he'd rubbed them up the wrong way and they were looking for an excuse to get rid of him. And the way they did it was shambolic in my view and as Gary Howard said on local radio this evening they needed to take ownership of it but and what they should have done Pearson was on crutches for the last two months he was Mm. there wasn't on the training pitch he wasn't on the training pitch and the gentlemanly thing to have done would be to say Nigel we're not renewing your contract in the summer go and get yourself fixed he's got a back problem and a neurological problem as well so he's not a well man get yourself fixed and we're going to pay a contract up to next summer rather than sacking him, which is what they did. They still had to pay his contract, yeah? Mm. Getting back to Manning, the fans' antipathy or disgruntlement towards Manning, it's split 50-50 at the moment. He's not having any sack cut in his favour because we weren't in a bad position. When Nigel Pearson left, we were four points off the playoffs. We're six now, and Nigel wasn't able to fill his full 11, not Mm. least... Ross, Ross McCrory being out all season, people like Cal Naismith being in and out for one reason or another. So Liam Manning's come in and he needs that experienced head. And I was hoping when he came with his backroom team that one of those who was with him at Oxford, you'll know this name, Craig Short, yeah. Yeah, played a lot of football at this level and above. Just that old head in the dressing room, you know, that could help him and guide him on. So at the moment, he's there. Uh, he needed that win on Saturday against Sunderland. Yeah, he really needed that. And although Sunderland were very good, we you say it was a some people say it was a lucky win, but we we kept them out for it was like the Alamo in the second half. And you know when you say well we're lucky winning, the other week we were unlucky to lose. Mm-hmm. So is it what what's lucky win and an unlucky yeah. defeat? Where do you draw the line? So he's trying to change the way we play. But Nigel Pearson built a side that played football that wasn't based on possession. You know, and our possession against uh, Sunderland had gone back to 31%, whereas probably the majority of games under Manning, it was 60% plus, but no impact in the final third. So that's what we think. That's what we think of him. So it's far more kind of possession-based, presumably now, but but is it particularly effective and kind of driving stuff in the in the right direction, yeah? The, the board said we've got a top 10 budget in terms of wages, which is questionable. That is questionable. Mm-hmm. We've got a top 10 budget, and we are capable of performing above that level, and that was the rationale for getting ahead of Pearson. So Manning's had the same, the same players that Pearson's got, right? So you're expecting a young rookie manager who's never played the game at senior level, but then neither is Jose Mourinho and a whole host yeah. of other managers. And he, uh, he's been schooled in some decent places, right? But there's a lot coming on to him 
that he's going to have to carry the can. And it will be interesting to see when the transfer window opens on the 1st of Jan or 2nd of Jan, whether the purse strings are relaxed to allow him to make one or two changes. And I have to say that when our players come back from injury, and most of them will be coming back in Jan and Feb, there's no point in signing players unless they're better than what you've got. Will we sign loan players from the Prem? Not on some of the wages that are being asked for those. So should we write this season off already? I don't know. If the next five games produce nine points, we would be 28 games in with, what is it, 38 points on the table. You know, it's and I think if they release the money for Manning, it really just proves the point that, because why didn't they let him have two more Jason Knights, two more players in the summer, a couple of million quid a pop, not six and seven million players, like Coventry went and did after they sold Gokeres and... Yeah. Uh, the other guy. Right, sir. We, we mentioned their possession. I'm going to give you six cat, oh, six criteria for the team. And let's go mm-hmm. for it. For the games under Liam Manning. So what we think we you might see on, uh, you know, when mm-hmm. we play your Boxing Day. And so I'm going to just say, for the team, marks out of 10 for physicality. A six. Nice. I'm being generous there as well. No, we're okay. not we're not we're not physically strong. I took a Palomine commentator for uh, Sky Sports in the, occasionally and he said you're not winning any of the 50-50 balls and we seem as though we bounce off people. So we've not got any hard men in there that put the foot in. Technical ability. Um I would say 7. Nice. Because I think in players like Rob Dickey, he can bring the ball out of defence. You've got uh, Matty James, obviously one of Pearson's uh, former players as well. Stalwart at the back of defence. Mark Sykes, Ireland international. Jason uh, Jason Knight, Ireland international as well. So technical ability, seven, seven and a half, I would yeah. say. That's good. Tactical nails. Pre-Manning, I would say about five. Yeah. And under I think Manning. Now with Manning, I'd say six and a half. I think he's he's more scientific in his approach than Pearson ever was. Because Pearson's old school. Pearson's out of the Steve Bruce stable, the Tony Mowbray stable. Yeah. That sort of Guy. Fair enough. And, and another of these half points clicking in here. This 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 all started. We know who this started with. We're not we're not uh, we're we're not we're not forgiving you there, Benjamin Bloom. Uh, Counter attacking. I would say under Pearson, that was what our whole game was based on was counter attacking, and those players are still there. So I'm going. If I may, yep. I'm going to say seven and a half. I'm going to say seven and a half on that. You, you, you could say whatever you like. You could say blue cheese, and I have to put it down. That's fine. <laughs> um, uh, pace. Uh, eight. Ooh. Who who are the main who are the main kind of speed uh, speed snakes who we've got to worry about then? Uh, good question. Jason Knight's got pace. Mark Sykes has got pace. I like Sam Sykes. Bell's good got player. pace. Yeah, good good championship player. We've got a player on loan in midfield from West Brom with an option to buy in the summer. Taylor Gardner Hickman. He, he, he's reasonably pace. He scored a cracking goal against Middlesbrough. If you've seen that one, mm-hmm. probably goal of the weekend at this level. So, you know, if you're a counter-attacking team, you're going to have pace, aren't you? So I'm going to absolutely. give us eight for pace. And then finally, and this is, this is the one that's absolutely going to change under Liam Manning, possession. Under, I mean, it's not what you do. It's not how long you've got the ball. It's what you do when you've got it. Yeah. And um, so possession now, I would say Liam Manning's going to be aiming for an eight. Yeah. So if you ask me this question next season, assuming we're still playing each other and not gone any different directions. Um, I would expect that to be an eight 
next year. Now, possession, comfortable in possession, six and a half. Oh, wow, wow, there we go. So that really is a work in progress. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. All very good. Well, we'll see, well, we will see, we will indeed see what happens on, uh, on, on Boxing Day. Hi, this is Benjamin Bloom. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. <laughs> at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, as we record this, as we record it, it is prior to us recording the Blackburn game. So we're, we're playing Blackburn on, on Saturday, but we're, we're getting to speak to David before we speak to Ian tomorrow from, uh, from, from Blackburn. So we will see. However, that means we've come to where the rubber hits the road in an even more confusing fashion than we have normally, because this is game 24 and we haven't even spoken about game 23, let alone played it. But we are at the point where the rubber hits the road. It's the DNSYE Completely Rubbish Prediction League. No, God, please, no, no. No expense spared. None at all. David, David, I, I'm impressed. David, last year you took part on behalf of the EFL and you did indeed triumph in the last and final round, um, committing basically Justin, who'd been leading all season to second place. He was a bit gutted. It was a table of three. Some people said it was a happier time. It was a simpler time. But we necessarily thought, well, we, we can we can improve on this and how wrong we were. We've basically been contacted by various people saying, we think we can make this all unnecessarily complicated. As it stands at the moment, this is after the Preston game, not after the Blackburn game. Even though you're hearing this, probably after the Blackburn game. How, how confusing is this? This is your regular level of confusion, people. Here we go. It is, as we sit at the oh, moment, no, what's happened? Jarvis Cocker Spaniel got a, got a point, as did Justin, as did Carlos, and as did the EFL for the, the win at Preston. Nobody predicted it was 5-1, and nobody went for a four-goal difference, so the four-goal swing didn't count, so just the people who predicted the wins. So Jarvis Cocker, at the moment, is on 13 points at the bottom alongside artificial stupidity. We'll explain all of this to you, David, and none of it will make any sense. Justin <laughs> is now sitting uh, yeah, really above the drop, I would suggest, in lower mid-table in, in lower mid table on 15 points. In sitting jointly, th- uh, joint third, I suppose, is Carlos and 1-1 one, one prediction which is David this year it's his own prediction you can't uh, you can't predict 1-1 and sitting on 17 points you can see how tight this is two points basically separating top from fifth here are John Parslow's backgammon FC and indeed the EFL who David is going to be representing there so you can see it's all tight it's it's all completely and utterly not exciting whatsoever it's just been tremendous I'm like the pools panel I'm like the pools panel I'm sat in a room like as they used to in old winter days in January yes basically you're you're like Stockley Park before somebody invented the internet and the concept of ruining football with VAR anyway so what we had um, basically you'll 
you'll have noted some of those names on there. We, we started off the season with six teams and one person got involved, basically contacted us and saw how badly things were going and said, I think, I think my dog can add to the equation. And Jarvis Cocker Spaniel became a legend. Now, we haven't seen the Blackburn score or prediction until until at this point, but we will next time. But that will have been the last time if you're listening to this. If if you're following, there's something really wrong. Let, let's see how uh, how Jarvis got on with this. Okay, it's Bristol City versus Watford prediction time. Jarvis has asked me to keep this short and sweet because you're nursing a bit of a Christmas hangover already, mate. Out on the lash with Ernie, the golden retriever again. So, uh, and you may have noticed we are now down to five counters. Another one, I think, was eaten on the last prediction, which was the the zero, which is a nil. So it's not going to be a nil-nil this prediction. And also, we're still missing the five. So, so Watford at first. Watford at home, mate. So if you're going to pick uh, Watford score first, then, but so away you go. Pick away. And you may notice we've got new treats here. Um, uh, there we go. That was a three. Back at the footage. And Jarvis's Watford prediction was indeed three. So now we need the Bristol City score, mate. So when you're ready, pick away. And I was saying, he's got new treats here. So all you dog lovers out there, these are called schmackos. Oh, my God. I think he went for six. I think that was six. <laughs> Watford three. Bristol City six. Absolute mayhem here. Who let the dogs out? Ah, well, yeah. well, yeah. There, there we go. Um, it as, as we did warn you, it wasn't getting any better. Very what, scientific. It, yeah, I, I mean, three six is an unlikely score, and being somebody who gets a little bit of OCD, I think you could have put more counters there and weighted the one and the two by having a couple of ones. Well, three ones, a couple of twos, and the odd three, and maybe that you know the dog would have is... the dog would have got fat if it had done it every week like that. But, to, to be yeah, frank, that, to be frank, it's the, an unlikely score. Now, watch it be Watford three, Bristol City six. The, the dog so far has proved to be very, very temperamental. Um, it, there's yes. been a variety of different scoring mechanisms it's so far. Problem. It's involved plastic cups. It's involved paper cups. It's involved the worst chess set in the world, as Justin described it quite rightly. And now we've basically got these transfers, which basically the dog appears to be eating each week. There was no five. <laughs> there was no zero. <laughs> Prior to two weeks ago, six was not even a number included. But it because it's because it basically it's one of the things the dog hasn't bloody eaten yet. The dog's been out on the piss with the with the sodding golden retriever. Anyway, it's chaos, but it may not be scientifically pure. But we have to say the first forecast result is Watford three. Bristol City six did involve a dog that's probably that having an operation to move some transfers from it. Really, really bad Boxing Day. If that is no, that'd be standard. Oh, standard for Boxing I'll be happy. Day. <laughs> yeah, I bet you would. I bet you would. I bet you would. Wait, you wait, you wait. Did he, you know, look what happened to you guys at Preston at the weekend? I bet yes. you didn't expect to get five no, there. No, no, yeah, no. Oh, and if Preston had got to three, we'd have all been sitting there going, don't worry, a Cocker Spaniel has selected that we will score. Oh, crikey, who knows? Is that the one he went 6-0 for, Peter? Did he go 6-0? He went 6-0 for, for Preston uh, and we won 5-1. So he did indeed get a point um, for, for having selected the, the win. The rules... Are, are largely a figment of my imagination, but that's fine, Dave. Don't worry about that. Don't look too hard. Um, the fact that uh, that Ben and Jarvis decided they wanted to come in was primarily because of uh, the, the current leader of the table, even if it is only on alphabetical order uh, from the EFL at the moment, which was Mr John Parslow, who decided that he could divine the scores 
based upon the use of a backgammon board. And he's been doing that every week since. Predictions League. And it's Watford versus Bristol City. The Robins. And as it's a Boxing Day fixture, naturally we have the ghosts of Christmas's past watching on. And this year, it's Nigel Pearson for both sides. We weren't expecting that one. This game promises to be a cracker. Let's go, boys. Well, the crackers are on the pitch. This should be a good festive game. Let's go. Elves, pick up the cracker. And Paul. And it's a five minus three. Oh, and a gift. So that's two to Watford. Bristol City to go next. Elves, pick up your cracker. And Paul. Oh, and it's three minus one. And that's two. It's a Desmond. It's Watford two, Bristol City two. Merry Christmas to everyone. Hmm. Well, now, there we go. The, the added excitement of the crackers there has really lifted the yeah. mood. Yeah. The elves, I suspect, are members of his family. I don't think they were real no, elves. No, they were definitely were they? real elves. They, you they, think so? Yeah, okay. he's hired them. I would, suspect, hired I would suspect the fact that they refuse to have their face on camera would suggest that they are members of the Parslow family with better taste than their own father, um, who, will, who basically <laughs> has so far taken his backgammon set uh, to Ireland in order to predict a game that was going on in Wales and to the Angel of the North just to upset people for the Sunderland thing because they all went around and went, but that's in bloody Newcastle, which is an odd thing to do. <laughs> Never mind. He has selected. It's always our favourite score. He has selected a Desmond. It can't be bad. Desmond Tutu. Wonderful. Lovely to see it. Excellent there. So we have gone for, as as we see, as we turn to the, the joy that is my spreadsheet, um, we've got John John with the 2-2. Uh, Jarvis has gone from surreal 6-0 wins to surreal 3-6 defeats. And random nonsense, which is basically me hitting the, the random button, which is also down the bottom of everything, has actually gone for a sensible scoreline here. It's predicted 1-0 to Watford. Normally it goes like 5-9 or something stupid, ridiculous. And of course, 1-1 has selected 1-1. Now, people will remember that last week, John had predicted 1-1. It didn't come true. So his points deduction for having been so dreadful and not done that, as per Ollie from the Butterpie podcast, who did say if it drew 1-1, he should get a one-point penalty. Didn't come to anything in the end. That was fine. But you cannot, David, you cannot predict the, the predictions that have already gone forward. You can't have 1-0 to Watford. You can't have 1-1 or 2-2 or indeed 3-6 to Bristol, which is what oh, the dog is going for. What 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 do you think the uh, the score is going to be Boxing Day oh, in a couple oh. of games time? Okay. I'll say 3-1 to you guys. Wow. There was, there was some decision there, wasn't it? That was straight off. Yeah. I, I did like the fact that he he referred to uh, uh, Nigel Pearson as the ghost of Christmas past for both of us. <laughs> yeah, The man, of course, with the world's largest forearms, everybody. This is good. Justin, you are still lowest down in the table between yourself and Carlos, although basically you're both in mid-table mediocrity as far as I'm concerned, even though actually Carlos is a point off the top. Never mind. What are you going to go for? Bristol City at home? Well, uh, yes, this whole order thing is a little bit, you know, throwy outy, isn't it? I think um, we throwy are... Throwy outy? Is that a thing? Throwy outy. That's yeah, not even a word. Yeah. Is that like bounce back ability? 
It is. Okay. You, you could get that on the countdown, I'm sure. Um, so uh, I think uh, we, well, we seem to be doing all right at the moment with a couple of exceptions being Leicester and Ipswich. Uh, away form is better than our home form, I think, if we were to do a form chart. However, however, I think we're going to do all right. So I'm going to plump for a Boxing Day win for a change, which inevitably means we're going to lose. So I'm going to go for Watford 2, Bristol City nil. Very nice. Excellent use of the word plump, a word which I'm very, very fond of. That's fine. Um, it, in fact, it does say it on my passport. That's fine. Uh, Carlos, uh, what do you think yes. the score is going to be versus the Robins? Yeah, yeah uh, interesting game. I think, like Justin said, we, we're, we're on a good run of form. We're at home. So I do fancy us to win. Um, it is but Boxing it's bo- Day, Carl. But it's yeah. Boxing Day, exactly. So there's always that little caveat of... Something's going to fucking go wrong. So I'll go. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stick with it though. I'll, it will be Watford two, Bristol City one. Wow. Well, th- this is this is a new thing because only the dog, which as we all know is mental as anything, has gone for for a Bristol City win. We do we know what this means. We know what this means. The Robins are coming to town. They're going down back the M4 with all three points, definitely. So, Random has gone 1-0 to Watford. Justin has gone 2-0 to Watford. Carl has gone 2-1 to Watford. Uh, uh, David there has gone 3-1 to Watford on behalf of the EFL. 1-1 has gone for 1-1, as is 1-1's typical way of things. And uh, and Jarvis has just gone all spectacularly cuckoo and gone 3-6. And, of course, John has wonderfully selected a Desmond. Can't be bad. We look forward to it. Boxing Day, Vicarage Road. Right. Well, I think that probably brings us to the end of today's podcast. I was going to ask when the away fixture is, but I think we've covered that, haven't we, no, Peter? No, we, need to, we need to hear because I like the bit where Peter reads the bottom bit. The away fixture, oh, okay. including the yeah. small print, is on Saturday, the 20th of January, 2024, currently 3pm kickoff, subject to TV being arses. But the real question is, why do we play you guys last and then play you again less than 30 days later? The EFL don't know their arse from their elbow. And don't even get me started on FIFA or the FA, but the EFL get it this week because, hey, we have not time for that, Peter. It'll That's be the very new year well. by the time you finish that rant. We've, we've and- pretty much covered most things on this podcast. Uh, cakes flying out of windows in Bristol. That's uh, a, little, a little bit of football. Only four yeah. horses. We've had it all. Yes. This has been a good one. Mon- monasteries. We've done it yes. all here. Yes, you, called, been- you called David a monk before. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, that was an ultimate. I'll tell you, that was an ultimate insult calling me a monk. But it's interesting. Uh, one of my cohorts on Forever Bristol City podcast, I call him our Piers Morgan, and it was a brilliant character descriptive that somebody used about him on our YouTube channel and described him as the Spouting Hobbit. I bet. <laughs> oh, that works. That could work. That could work, <laughs> listeners. Who do we think? Top, Who? That was a massive, massive insult, that was. Top draw but, uh, insult. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, we it's might we might have to put that out to a poll on social media. If if anybody in the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes community would be the spouting hobbit, who do you think that might be? Oh, no. Well, hopefully, no, I don't. Look, we can talk oh, again if you point. have me on again. We absolutely. We can talk again in, uh, we'll, we'll, in five weeks' time. We'll, we'll talk. Yeah, I'm we'll, looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll sure. be talking just after Christmas going, Tam. We'll talk about other, you know, the fact that Broadchurch was fo- filmed just outside Bristol. Oh. We're going to bring a TV dimension to it. This there is true. Wow. Well, there is one question I have, and I don't know where I was, but I was walking to the ground and there looks like there's some sort of gun turret on like a shopping centre. It's all sort of fallen <laughs> apart and got lots of graffiti on it. I was interested by that building when I was there. A gun turret on a shopping centre. Yeah. 
yeah. Can't it was think, very did odd. you come down by train? Did you? Or train. We went. To, we went to a little station and then walked from that station to, to the ground. Yeah, floor. I can't think of any gun turret with uh, graffiti <laughs> on there. But maybe if you I, come down in January, you can take a picture of it. I have a picture. I shall. I shall put it on. So uh, how to contact me? You can uh, yes. send it to me on X or Twitter, as it was once. Whatever it is as it should be. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talking I'll about shopping centres, we refuse to call ours anything other than the Harlequin, even though it's not been called the Harlequin yes. for twenty-five years. So X. Sorry, guys, you're staying at Twitter, as far as we're concerned. Are you, uh, yeah. you yeah. travelling down Boxing Day, David, or are you? Uh, are you I won't busy? be, but I will be uh, watching it from my uh, residence abroad. <coughs> Excellent, excellent. <laughs> well, have you decided stuff. where that is yet? Probably not. Another, um, another foreign resident. Excellent stuff. We like to see yeah, that. Absolutely. Well, well done. And, uh, on, on the reverse fixture, I'll also be talking about my business in Bristol City that I'm going to promote, which I've decided is the Taste of Napoli restaurant. We'll go into that Ooh. next time. Oh, there we go. Right, let's draw this to a conclusion. I hope you had a good Christmas, David, because obviously this is the Boxing Day one. Oh, nicely yeah. done. Yeah. Oh. yeah. What a segue. This is confusing, isn't it? Uh, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season, apart from Boxing Day and the 20th of January, of course. Absolutely. Uh, Same to you guys. Same to you guys as well. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.